Hello. I'm going to do my thing that I, where I say hello until um, until somebody says that they can hear me, and then that is the person who gets a shout-out. That's the rule. That's the rule moving forward. I said this in a, in a previous BAP. The first person who lets me know that I'm heard, you get the first shout-out. <laughs> Lauren. Lauren Targaryen. Thank you. Special shout out to Shelby and Amanda Joe. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you so much. And welcome to basically a podcast episode 27. Hello. You've seen me too. That is important. That's important. Um, <laughs> sorry you didn't win this one, Leaf. Um, but yeah, welcome. Here's the new, here, here's the tea. I'm going to keep it short and sweet at the beginning and the end of each of these podcast episodes. Not necessarily the podcast, the podcast episode itself, but as far as like all of the uh, terms and conditions, more or less, that stuff you can find in the description in terms of just like, you know, protocol to follow, rules, where to find me, all that good stuff. Um, I want to make sure that I'm keeping this podcast as, I want to say as like audio friendly as possible or like playback friendly as possible. But I've been watching a lot of like, I, I tend to consume video podcasts. And even then I think I was, I desired the, I desired to give the same experience as the podcast I've been enjoying. And to be honest with you, there's not a lot of like housekeeping, like live chat rules, hullabaloo, like BS, right? In those podcasts. So let's do better. That's what this is all about. That's what this podcast is about in a way. Um, also, stupid me. <laughs> I might have to adjust my chair. I got so motivated over the past week or two to get really tidy and I ended up like tightening and organizing all of my cords that you can't see thankfully um and so now I don't have much give with my computer I do think though that this lighting setup works better than uh, what we had in the past what do you think what you think it's gonna be a long night what are what are Amanda Joe and Melissa Raba getting up to Sammy is random. You knew that Mean Girls Day is my subversary. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. I am. Um, I'm flattered. I'm flattered that people remembered. Um, yeah, thank you for joining me, guys. Let's. Uh, I will. What I will not deny you. Oh, Asha. Oh. Asha says I look stunning and donated $19.99. Thank you so much. My goodness. Oh, <laughs> you guys are making it um, the nerves of coming back to the internet a lot easier. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you may have noticed that I didn't send out a prompt yesterday like I had been for most of these past like 26 episodes. And that's something I'm going to play around with too. Again, I kind of want to give you like a the podcast experience uh, versus just like, hey guys, we're going to do a live stream. What are we going to talk about? You know, like... Um, just kind of figure it out on the spot. Well, you, not me. I'll have to figure it out ahead of time. Um, but yeah, let's, what I'm not going to deny you is a fashion moment. So what am I wearing? <laughs> I 
I said that as a question in the way that I did because in real time, I was just like, what am I wearing? I know that I copied down um, the name of the dress and the designer um, in the description when I was typing out the description, but I remember it being, I don't typically have a difficult time pronouncing names. And so this one really just like, kind of like kicked me in the shins. Um, already we're demonetized. Why? Because I am saying that I'm sober, that I'm uh, grieving. <laughs> What's the problem, YouTube? Um, let's see. I really should be adding the, the designers to my um, master doc. But yeah, this is called the Tiered Halter Maxi Dress. And it's by a designer named Banuni. Oh, it's Banuni by GOT. So you can find that name in um, in the description of this of the video if you are on YouTube. Um, if you want to check it out, if for the audio listeners, you can check out Instagram. I posted a picture in it. It's a fun little like boho moment. Um, I realized that I ordered this in a, a size petite. So just so you know, um, some things that I wear are things that are going to be like, you know, permanent-ish fixtures in my closet and thus they're not available. Like I'll tell you where I got them and give you a link so that you can go uh, buy them. Some things I'll buy and I know that they're going to be fun for like a one-time video but then I know that like I'm probably not going to wear it again and don't have space for it. So then I'll put it on my Depop, depop.com slash You can find me there. Um, and then other times you'll see me in something that's rented. And that's something that I'm trying now, um, which is this, uh, it's like go rent rent the runway type service. So uh, that's why you're getting to see me in these like cute um, outfits and dresses, but without links as to where to get them because they're literally on loan. So <laughs> that's what we're, and to, to describe it a little bit, it's really just a very busy print but it's very much in like earthy tones. Lots of like uh, dark greens, oranges, a little bit of reds, yellows. Uh, so it's very much a little earthy moment. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember? Are you a, or were you a Girl Man's podcast viewer? Because there was one podcast where I, I got this boho dress. And so I just had to wear these cowgirl boots that I got. And I wanted everybody to know. I showed everybody uh, my boots and I am talking to Amber and I'm realizing that like a lot of people went through that phase when they were like toddlers. Um, and that that's the moment that I had on that episode of Girl Man's podcast and putting on this boho dress. I was so excited. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to put on those cowgirl boots and I'm going to have a cow I'm gonna boots moment. So if you saw on Instagram, I said, I'm back in barefoot. Um, it was going to say back in boots. And then I tried them on and I was like, this looks so dumb. This is so dumb. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I'm, I'm thinking that this dress normally runs pretty tight and very long, like very much for supermodels. So just so you know, if you do go looking for it, um, I'm typically a size like two, four, and this is a six petite and it actually is pretty long for a petite dress and I'm five, three for what it's worth. Sorry to the audio viewers or audio viewers, <laughs> audio listeners, if this means nothing to you. Um, but I see a couple of super chats coming through and I really want to recognize them because you guys are super generous. Um, 
I think we lost Renee. I'm not sure if Renee is still here. I did say thank you to them, but um, again, thank you to Renee for the first uh, little donation at the beginning, just to say hi. Um, Asha also said, I have a wedding to go to in October. Might need that dress. There you go. Um, I mean, I'm I'm trying out this. I'll just tell you guys what the subscription service is called. It's called Newly, N-U-U-L-Y. And this was from my first box from them. So um, after this, I'll order a new one and we'll see what comes of that. But what's really exciting is that I've, oh, I've been so falling in love with all the things that I'm saying on Farm Rio, but I just don't see myself dropping like two and $300 a dress on, on something like that, that those things that are such like, they're wild and bold enough to where I don't know that I will get a ton of use. I don't get a ton of use out of anything because I have so many clothes. That's what the problem is. That's what it is. Um, so, uh, sweet Sienna, $70 Canadian. Thank you so much. Ha, ah, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you, Sienna. Get, get out of here. Get out of my echo chamber. I'm just kidding. Um, long time playback crew, but finally managed to get you live. Yay. I'm currently at work and cannot stick around, but wanted to send you some love. You're so incredibly genuine, mad respect and love from Canada. Thank you for the love from Canada. Sending you love from the U S. Um, I also noticed that uh, Logan really uh, water ganged us all right at the beginning of this, huh? We love you, Logan. And Taylor, just a journalist, says, Hi, by the way, I love you. I'm so proud of you for another anniversary. Bob is celebrating you. I love you, and so does he. He's so proud. Heart, heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's Grief is one of those funny things. It's one of those things where, um, and forgive me if I'm kind of all over the place. I wrote down some, like, bullet points. Um, but there, I want you to know that in terms of like what I speak, when I talk about what I believe, there's half of my brain that's like, this could all be bullshit, what I believe. And it can all be spot on. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. So there are times where I attribute things to Bob and I'm like, am I just making this up? Like maybe quite possibly. And there are other times that I'm like, maybe it doesn't fucking matter. So um, I do like thinking about my brother in such a way. <laughs> Say, Jack, money. Thank you for the money. Um, so what did we want to talk about today? <laughs> I'm like asking you guys like, you know, um, yeah, more or less what you saw in the title and thumbnail. I'm just, it's a very transitional period for me. If you haven't guessed, <laughs> if you're here, you've probably guessed um, that it's, um, I'm going through a lot of good, good and tough times right now. Um, so if you're confused as to what I'm talking about when I say Bob's anniversary, um, my brother passed away on the 29th of September, 2016, um, where the like legal death date, I think is the 30th. So it's like one of those weird, weird things where it's like, when do we celebrate? Um, so celebrate or memorialize, whatever you want to call it. But the funny thing, it's not so funny. It's actually kind of heartbreaking. But um, I was actually on the 29th. If you hadn't, if you didn't know, I've been mostly away from YouTube for about two weeks. I did release a video last week. No, the week before last, sorry. Um, no B BAPs for the past two weeks. Um, but I decided to like take some time away and actually do like life things 
Just so you guys know, if you send in any more super chats, we will. Uh, I will continue to check in with the super chats here and there. I really, really appreciate it. I don't deserve you guys. You're so sweet. Oh my god, all the hearts. <laughs> Part of me just is like so amazed because they're so pretty. <laughs> like Taylor, you really went all out with the different colors there. Those are oh, thank you guys. Bob, they're talking to you. Um, what did Leaf say to me on the day on Bob's anniversary? Something like. Um, cameras are going to be out of focus all over the world or something like that. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. all. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, yay. You guys are being so sweet to me. Um, but yeah, I was, I decided like, okay, I'm taking a big step back from the internet for the past, like I said, about two weeks. And I was like, well, what am I going to do during this time? And it was, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'll talk a little bit more about this later. Um, but of course, like I've been muddling through a lot of anxiety. If you know me at all by this point, you can probably guess. Um, but also um, trying to do everything that I could to put myself in the most stable position possible so that I could like process things and also see what I might need, like things that I might be able to utilize moving forward to put myself in a better position to take better care of myself. And also to just, I guess, express myself more authentically um, in the public eye. And I would say with a message that is going to be more beneficial to people, but I really don't know, to be totally honest with you. Um, it's more about authenticity and quite honestly, I don't want to say this to like my my lovely uh, supporters who are sending me super chats and all the hearts and all that. I don't mean to say like, I might quit YouTube. I don't think I'm going to. But being able to step away and focus on just my life for a couple of weeks and I and being so grateful to have not just a, a job, but a really good job. Um, I was able to be like, okay, well, fact of the matter is like you do this because you love it this YouTube stuff, this internet stuff, you do it because you love it. Um, let's like kind of take most of that out of your life for, for a couple of weeks and um, see what's there. And I was able to take time to sleep. There was one day there that I just, I needed to sleep. Who was it? I posted this on my Instagram stories, but it's, I saw it somewhere and it was a little like chart of like ways to take care of yourself. And it had a little raccoon. Alice Lupe, you might appreciate this. I saw your drawing with the uh, possum and the raccoon on Instagram. It was so cute. Um, but it was a little raccoon and it said something like, when you feel like, what did it say? When you feel like, when you feel like you hate everyone else, eat. And then it shows a little, like, it shows an angry raccoon, and then it shows the little raccoon eating a snack. And it's like, if you feel like you hate yourself, shower. If you feel like everyone hates you, sleep. And, like, I am not one to nap, but holy crap, did I spend at least a whole day just straight in bed asleep. So I think I needed that. Um I got some cool things done around uh, my apartment. I hung some art. I did a really like tedious <laughs> thing um, with my bookshelf um, in my little office area. So if you didn't see that, that was on Instagram too. Um, what else? I, I ordered books. I started a couple, <laughs> which is a lot more reading than I've done in a long time. Um, and really 
started consuming a different kind of content on YouTube, which has been super helpful and really started to like actually challenge the things that I think. So in ways like the past two weeks have sucked. In other ways, it's been really like a super beneficial time. I think I've really kind of explored different ways of um, taking care of myself and perhaps I'll be able to implement a good bit of balance with like backing away from the internet in some ways, but still staying plugged in um, like with this, like talking to you guys on Tuesdays and then presenting you a video on Thursdays, maybe taking a week off once a month or so. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards feeling it out. Of course, like I need to feel out whether or not I want to, if whether or not I'm cut out for this. So thank you guys again for um, allowing me back into your lives for, for a little while this evening. So I see you guys wishing me a happy nine years. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh, and a middle of the night video chat. Just like, yes, seriously, when you're feeling just emotionally exhausted after you've had, I'm sorry, I'm going to say the A word that might trigger somebody in the playback. Um, I had like full transparency. I had a full on autistic meltdown. Um, I think it was Thursday two Thursdays ago. And when you find yourself just totally emotionally exhausted and you're like kind of back on the mend, but like you've got no resources to give except for just like this like kooky, weird, foggy state of mind, just go ahead and join a video chat with three other of your friends and, and just be your weird self completely and fully where, um, I would say they, they fully appreciated me in that moment, but I might've just been a total pain in the ass. I don't know. Say, Jack, you let us know. <laughs> no, you don't know. I'm not going to put her on the spot like that. But um, <laughs> hey, guys, I forgot about that, Say, Jack. Oh, man, I wish we had that on recording. Hey, guys. Guess who am I doing an impression of? Hey, guys. It's not mean. It's just loving. Um, so, yeah, that was all to say that I also got some things taken care of that I'd been putting off. Like, I scheduled a couple of doctor's appointments. I... Um, should I tell my driver's license story? Because, oh my gosh. So when I moved down here to Georgia from DC, I did that back in March. So sometime around like June, I applied for a driver's license again. I haven't had a driver's license since December of 2008. So I had to go through the process of getting like a learner's permit and everything. And I went and took the the written test, I believe. I don't know why I didn't expect a photo, but I just wasn't expecting a photo. And then when I saw the photo, I was just like, oh, oh, it was like my hair was like stringy and I just looked like, it looked like a mugshot. And um, I just, and not only that, but they had my information, like my height and weight, stuff like that. All, it was all the stuff that I had given them in high school. And believe it or not, not just my weight, but my height has changed too. <laughs> um, but I had just been like, I knew I had to go down to, I had to do car stuff, right? I'm driving now. I'm a driver. I have my own car. It is in my name. Hell yeah. Who is she? Seriously. I hadn't even taken a moment to appreciate that. Um, but I've got a car and a driver's license. The problem is the driver, the, I never received my driver's license in the mail. So I thought, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go full glam and just head down to the DMV, tell them you need them to do the whole thing over again. And just hope, just hope and pray. So I did, like, I put in these, these are extensions, by the way. I put in extensions, did a full lash, 
lipstick, the whole nine yards. Uh, Meigs was with me through the process in spirit. She and I were texting the whole process and she was like, they'll let you, they'll let you. And I'm like, I really don't think so. I, they have no reason to let me retake my photo. They've got that shit in their system. Like, why would they? Um, but I just went in pretty confidently and I was like, hi, never received my license. Uh, but also the information on my learners was incorrect. So can I just like do that and retake my photo and all that? And they were like really cool about it. DMVs have gotten, in my experience, knock on wood over here, but in my experience, they've gotten a lot easier to, to deal with. Like the people that I've dealt with at, at DMVs are like so nice. Who's Olivia Rodrigo, Cassie? Oh, driver's license is okay. I don't know that song, but I know that there is a song called Driver's License. That was cute. That was funny. Hashtag Water Gang. Can I hashtag Vape Gang too? Or would that get me in trouble? Audio listeners, that was either an ASMR moment or or just hell in your earbuds. I really don't know. Um Thank you, Mariana. It is it is a really deal to be a, to be a driver again after living. Um, I'm so I, I should not try to read the chat. This that's not the point of this new format. Um, it is a big deal to be a driver again. But it's so and it's funny because when you move to a big city and then like you you know you sell your car and you don't have a license, there's a sense of liberation in that because you're like I don't need a car. I don't need a car to get where I need to go because I've got, you know, a subway system and, uh, or things are within walking distance. I can order things like I'm, it's, I'm in a major city. Everything is accessible, but then you still, you live that way for 10, 11, 13 years. And you start to get to the, to like get really creative with how you're going to get things home on the Metro or like whether or not you can fit this new piece of furniture into an Uber. Let's hope like stuff like that. Or don't even ask me how much I like, I've broken my scooter with the, the amount of stuff that I've carried on it. So, um, yeah. So getting a car and, and a license and being able to just up and go wherever I want and not be restricted in within like a certain distance too, that's been huge. So, so thank you. Thank you to those of you who, um, congratulated me. Um, uh, Mary sent a heart. Thank you, Mary. Um, I dream of Joran said, I second sweet Sienna 13 sentiments. I am jaded. I love a lot of people and trust a few, but I don't admire that many, but I think you're exquisite in every way. And that's the first time somebody's called me exquisite that I know of. Thank you so much. Uh, Taylor, just a journalist again, said my late sister whose birthday was Saturday. Oh, happy birthday, sis. Um, always said Tuesdays were the unluckiest days of the week. Since BAP, it's become my favorite hugs. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Tuesdays are kind of like, eh, right? Mwah. Like Mondays we know suck, but like that's so cliche. <laughs> it's so cliche to hate Mondays. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little way to shake it up, to have this like little sense of, of community here. Um, but yeah, I was, <laughs> this has been such a story all to get to this, this point that, um, I think I said, I took care of some DMV stuff, got my car registered, got parking pass, everything, everything, all the, all the things down to, like I said, doctor's appointments and tattoo parlor. So, um, I'd been wanting to get a rose tattoo, just like a very traditional, 
um, like a antique botanical scientific botanical style you know, whatever. And so if you might've seen that on Instagram too. I went out and got that and it's right now it's in like, it's like, it's like nasty flaky phase. So I don't want to like show it off too much, but I have this on the back of my arm. And I do think that I might be adding some more above it because it's going to kind of all um, meet up with a, a big cover up. I'm going to get over this scar on my shoulder. So, um, so yeah, I got this tattoo and it's funny because I told you guys that I was wading through a lot of anxiety that week. Um, and I know everybody has a different experience with getting tattooed. And also for me, it all depends on the day. It depends on where in your body you're getting tattooed. Um, but for me, I was, uh, I was feeling really anxious. So when I was there and actually like under the needle, I noticed that it kind of melted away my anxiety. So that was really cool. Um, and when I got home, probably less than an hour, it was probably about mm, 9.45 or so when I got on Facebook and I realized that my dad had posted kind of a, a memoriam to my brother on Facebook and said that, you know, it was five years ago tonight at 10.30. And when I was reading that, it was specifically 9.44. And I was just like, oh God, I forgot that that was even happening that just happens sometimes and it, it, I will say like for me I can feel very like guilty when I forget an anniversary and then it happens oh yeah Kane I totally almost fell asleep um but yeah I was excited about my tattoo the um like I said it was pretty calming and then I realized it was my brother's anniversary and so I did have my moment where I just like I kind of just sat and like cried it all out cut it all out. And that's where, and this kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier about like, sometimes I'm just like, are these things related? Is this thing, am I making this thing up or is this true? Um, is it all bullshit or does it even fucking matter? And so I was just like, cause, um, oh, that's right. I showed Christina and she, uh, she was like, oh, is that for Bob? And I was like, well, I don't know how it would be. I mean, it says Rose. It doesn't say Robert. It does say R-O. The big R. Um, ironically, my mom got her first tattoo at 52, um, shortly after my sister got one for my brother. And it was one that I picked out for her. And it was just the letter R and a period for his initial. And um, my sister got it back here. And my mom got one too. So my mom is tattooed, which is really cool. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, no, it's not really for Bob. But then it was on his anniversary. And this is my first color tattoo and it's actually very, very well goes with this dress. Um, and so I was like, maybe this is a gift from my brother. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I can add a bee to it, like a bumblebee or a honeybee, um, which for me is very representative of Robert. So um, my, my hair didn't grow out, Norm, but thank you. <laughs> That's funny because I mentioned that in my, um, in my upcoming video where I'm also wearing uh, my extensions. It's funny because I was just like, who was I talking to? Was I talking to Amberin or was I talking to Christina or did they both say the same thing where I was just kind of like, I hate having my short hair. I loved having my extensions. And I think cause of my driver's license picture. And one of them was just like, wear them, wear them in your videos. And I was like, no, cause people know how short my hair is. I think it was Amberin. Was it Amberin? 
And she was just like, so what? It's like on YouTube, you know, creators have like a wig one day. It's like a, the wig era. You have a wig one day, your hair's long one day, and it's a certain color one day. It's short another day. It's a different color. Like, who cares? So I was like, okay, <laughs> deal. So I started wearing my extensions whenever I just, whenever I wanted to. Um, thank you, Mariana. Yes, a, a B would be wonderful. And it, it's something that I've always tied to my brother. So I just want to make sure I'm doing it in the right way. Those soup, those like scientific botanical drawings of bees too. I actually have looked at those like years ago um, and picked out one and I just didn't know where I wanted to get it. So that could be really cool just to kind of add to a collection if that is something that I'm doing. We'll play with it. We'll play with it. Um, so as you saw in the thumbnail and the title, not only um, did I have Robert's anniversary, but also my sobriety anniversary was four days later. And so it's such a it's such a, a convoluted experience because you know it's something sad followed by something so celebratory. But they've over the past five years, those two events in my life have become so married to each other. Um, you know, I've kind of alluded to this on my channel and, and talked about just some really difficult things that I've gone through and like what has gotten me through that moment at, at the very least, just not have, not picking up a drink is really thinking about what I did to get through my brother's death and make it to my four year anniversary. So, you know, the fact that my brother passed away just a few days before my anniversary in a way that kind of messed with my head at the time. And then I got there and I, I remember being so joyous on the day of my anniversary, my four year anniversary. And maybe it's just because I got through, you know, I got through and made it to that day that I didn't know if I was going to make it to that day. And thank God for the people that I had around me at that time. Uh, Christina doesn't watch these, but like serious, like serious, thank God for Christina. So, so there's that. Um, BAP tattoos, please don't do that. Um, but yeah, so in, and the funny thing is, and I, I started going to grief therapy, um, the March after my brother died. So it was a, like six months or so, um, in between, or maybe a little even more than that. Yeah. About six months. Um, and I hadn't really lost a lot of people in my life. But when I did lose like a, like a grandparent or when uh, my auntie Lupe passed away, I was able to identify like what I, what I wanted to make that person's legacy for me, not for the rest of the world, but for me, I don't know if I've mentioned this on my channel before, but um, when my grandpa, my dad's dad passed away, I didn't spend most of my life knowing him that well. We spent time with them when, uh, when we were kids. And then my dad moved him from Phoenix to Virginia. It's a whole story and it's so sad and it's just like, it's depressed. It would depress anyone. But my grandfather was dying of Parkinson's and dementia. And he was only 62 years old and um, looks a lot like my dad, like these, oh, I gotta find, I've gotta find these pictures of my grandpa and put them on Instagram or something. He was such a looker, holy crap. Um, and my grandma too, um, they were just such a, gorgeous couple. If you, if I can paint a picture, if you know what my dad looks like, basically 
my dad, but not Korean, not like not half Korean, just my, my dad, his black side, um, very closely resembles his, his own dad just doesn't have like the, the Korean features. And then his mom, who is obviously at this point, you can do the math, Korean, really long, silky straight hair in the seventies, like these pictures that I've seen of them. And they were just so well dressed, the two of them. Um, like you could tell they were super fashionable. And I wonder if that's where my dad gets it from. I wonder if I get it from my dad. Um, but they, oh, they, they're just so much fun to look at in photos, but I don't have a ton of them, but, um, just a beautiful couple. And, and then the, uh, my grandpa was in the army. So they have like all these pictures of their, their beautiful family just around the world in the, in like the seventies or so. So it's like pictures in Rome, pictures in other parts of the world. It was really cool. Um, if I can find some of those photos, maybe I'll put them online. Why did I even start talking about my grandpa? Oh yeah. At that time, that was shortly before I was able to like kind of quote unquote get sober the first time I did go, uh, I did manage to rack up about a year and a half without a drink, not having any understanding of what alcoholism was, just knowing that I shouldn't drink. Um, and then I had a relapse in 2012. And then after that is when I got sober for good, God willing, please. Um, but shortly before I decided to stop drinking that, that first time is when we were taking care of my grandpa. And when I described to you Parkinson's plus dementia, that is a very rough existence for anyone, I'm sure. I'm, I'm not even going to guess. I'm sure. Um, because as far as I understood, like, in a sense, his the lights were on. It's not even the lights were on, but nobody's home. It's like the lights were off and someone was home. Or that's what, how my dad kind of described it. As a, my grandpa was like, there's stuff going on in his head and he cannot physically, he cannot speak these words. And he wants to get up and move but his body can't do that. So it's just very, that's he was very frustrated all the time. And he would, he would, you could tell that he would kind of like fight to, to not, you know, move to this spot or that spot or however, however anyone was trying to take care of him. He, like I said, he wanted to stand up. Um, one thing that he really, they said he would not let anyone do is he had some drops that had to be placed in his mouth um, because he had a feeding tube and, you know, their mouths would get dry, their mouths, they, meaning people who this medication is intended for. Um, and my dad said something like, yeah, he won't let anyone give him those, those mouth drops. Um, the, the nurses say that he'll like close his mouth really tight. He just won't let anybody. And I just remember me trying to give him these drops and saying like, grandpa, can you please, please just let me put these drops in your mouth that'll just make everything easier if you'll just let me and he opened his mouth just a little bit for me um and I know that like I'm I'm not very good at telling stories in like a linear way but I told you like I didn't spend a lot of time around my grandpa oh god I'm gonna get a surprise cry out of this story I didn't expect this um I still have like some memories. I posted pictures of my brother, me and my brother. And there was a picture, if you saw on the Instagram post, there was a picture of us and we're holding oranges up to our eyes. That's at my grandpa's house in Phoenix or wherever he lived at that time. But he, my grandpa probably had seen me until I was like kindergarten age or so. And then like, I don't remember much of, of spending much time with him anyway. 
But when he came, when my dad physically brought him into the house and he was sitting down and kind of, like I said, kind of like getting frustrated at like moving here, moving there. And then my dad uh, kind of beckoned me over and he was like, dad, do you remember Alicia? Do you remember Alicia? Remember little Alicia? And like his, his whole demeanor just changed and he like kind of lit up a little bit. He couldn't say anything. He just kind of lit up a little bit. And he was just like so happy to see me. And at that point, I was like in my mid-20s. So um, I'm just really glad that he knew he knew who I was um, in like that short time that I took care of him. And so when it got to that point that he let me put the mouth drops in his mouth, I'm like, oh, this is my grandpa who who loved me and like will put aside his own his own ego and um stubbornness will set that aside for me so um this is a weird i know it's a weird story but it was really sweet um for me so <sighs> what was that all about what's that all about alicia well you're an emotional mess these days um yeah so i remember every now and then my when my grandpa would like fight, 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 fight. And you would finally just like relax and like lay down and give up the fight. He would sometimes, he, I would hear him mutter, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And I, I don't know if he was like quoting Bob Marley or just saying, just stating everything's going to be all right. But I do remember kind of like examining myself a little bit in those moments because here I am like still drinking at night, maybe not as much as before. I still haven't gotten my act together, still hadn't like gotten a job after being unemployed for a really long time. And, you know, my, in my primary complaint in life was anxiety, which unfortunately still plays a, a role in my life. I would love to get to a place where it's not <laughs> such a, a prevalent force, but either way, I was looking at my grandpa as he would say things like, it's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And I'm like, well, if he can, if he can tell himself that everything's going to be all right in the state he's in, then what am I complaining about? Or like, what excuse do I have? And he died on September 11th. So actually, yeah, his anniversary was not too long ago either. September 11, 2010. And then I finally got a really good job in December of 2010. So it did like my grandpa's legacy kind of be, for me became like, um, you know, just the ability to have faith that everything's going to be all right, even when you have no reason to believe so. Um, that's what I wanted to kind of carry with me. And, and something that I realized when it happened, I was like, you know, this is going to sound really clinical and I'm sorry if it sounds really like insensitive, but sometimes we just need a way to make the death of a loved one more palatable more digestible. And, you know, having belief systems can really help with that. I'm not saying it's the right way or the only way or anything like that, but there are definitely ways that are like worked into like certain ideologies that help with that. So kind of this like belief that this person, that's his legacy. And really that doesn't even take any sort of like spiritual or religious belief, but just a connection. Um, then when I lost Lupe, call her Lupe, it's awkward when I talk about her to people who are not in my family. Um, when she passed away, 
she was just in such a peaceful place with all of the people in her life. Like everybody in her family, every, all of her friends and everybody. And she was just, she had no like burnt bridges. Um, and her, her dying wish literally was to have all of her sisters in one room before she died. And it was, uh, I think three hours after her last sister got there and all of them were in the same room that she passed away. And then another interesting fact about that is that the coroner told my mom that she had a smile on her face when she died. Like she looked like she was looking at something that made her happy. So there's something about her that, that she came to a place to be actually, or I don't know how much of it she might've been faking for everyone else, but she seemed like she had really accepted her mortality and, uh, uh what are you doing, Alicia? What are you doing? Why are we going to go into all of the most gut wrenching? <laughs> because that's what I'm going through right now. Um, she was far more like religious, far more churchy for sure than I was around the time that, that she died than, than I am or ever really have been. Um, but I still think that it's like really beautiful and, and it makes me happy that she was like so embracing her mortality. Like, you know, at first you could tell that like, you know, she was 34. She didn't want to go. But then when it got to the point where she was on hospice care, she really started to embrace like that this is what was happening and she was going to get to go to heaven. And that's really awesome. So she could be really joyous about it. But again, she still maintained her sense of humor during that time. It embarrassed me. It was fine. The last thing we ever did together. <laughs> the last... <laughs> audio listeners if you're there i'm just trying to compose myself for the stupidest reason the last thing we did together was watch an episode of broad city and i remember because she's she used to be kind of a wild one but then at this point she'd had three little kids and a husband and she was like i said super churchy and so she was living like the good girl life um and i was in my 20s and um you know, not wild, but just like still having fun. And that was something that when we had talked last, we both said that we liked Broad City. And so I remember her being on hospice care. And like, finally, when it was just me and her for a little bit, I was like, you know, there's another episode of Broad City. And she leans over and she goes, do it. <laughs> and so I, I put it on. It was, um, I think it was the first episode of season three, if I'm not mistaken, which is one of my favorites. Um, I want the one that starts with um, Lizzo, let him say. So, um, yeah, so when she died, I thought, you know, you want to make sure that you stay on good terms with people or get on good terms with the people that you care about and stay there as much as possible. But at the very least, remind people that you love them because you never know what's going to happen. Um, but... I, I wanted it. Oftentimes you hear people say like, you never know what's going to happen. Make sure that you wish people, you know, to let people know that you love them, especially if you're about to get on a plane or they're about to get on a plane or something like that. And I do that, but even taking that a step further and really like seeking harmonious, seeking harmony in your relationships, I think is really important. And I think that's something that she was able to exemplify by the time that she died. So that was Loopy's legacy. When my brother died, I really struggled. Um, if I'm being totally honest, like, sure, I could extract something positive, And I tried to do that. Like, well, my brother was good at this. My brother was good at that. He was a very selfless person. He was, he was able to be accepting of anybody with no matter where they came from or what, like all these things that are great, but I was trying, 
I, I could tell whenever I would think of these things that if I tried to pursue a way to find his legacy in those things, that it I would be forcing something. And so it was, I was kind of bummed to be moving through grief therapy for a while and to not have figured out what my brother's legacy was. And that's it's especially hard because without having that, the meaning, you know, the purpose behind why he died, not necessarily the literal purpose, but for me in my life, what could I attribute that to? And that's kind of where, like, I feel like that spiritual connection to this whole concept comes in is like the, the sense of meaning for why something tragic happens. And I couldn't find that in my brother and so that just made the grieving process that much harder to be fair and i'm just making this connection now just so you guys know you've heard me talk shit about trunk club i don't care i don't like i'm a recruiter and you're like talking about ex workplaces it doesn't even exist anymore i had the worst experience in my life working at trunk club it was an incredibly abusive and toxic and hostile workplace it was terrible it was the worst i i got freaking appendicitis because of that workplace but also something that my therapist at that time pointed out to me when she was leaving and I had to turn over to a different therapist. She had made me this timeline of all the things that we'd worked on together. And she showed me like from when we started working together till now at that time, um, different points along my journey, like the things that I was working through at different times. And she was like, just so you know, it wasn't until this period right here that you actually started processing your brother's death, that you actually started to grieve your brother. Prior to that, you were dealing with so much stress at Trunk Club that you weren't able to grieve your brother. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because that was just one of the worst times of my life and a time where I just felt not understood at all, not cared for by the people that I was supposed to be in contact with every day. Oh, that was such an awful time. That was such an awful time. Um, but around the time that I was able to start grieving my brother was when I took on a better job. Um, shortly thereafter, I met Jake. And things started to, to process. So um, maybe that, the reason I bring that up is like, maybe that had something to do with it. Like, how can you really find a person's legacy if you can't even get to the point where you're even really starting to grieve them? So um, it just... I don't, it just became a clear, it didn't hit me at any one point, but it just became clearer to me over the past five years um, that my brother's, my brother's legacy or my brother, the reason for my brother dying in, in relation to my life and what it means is in order to keep me sober. And it's just that simple. And that's, that's as simple as it needs to be because that's, that is the most important thing for a sober person. Protecting your sobriety is the most important thing in your life because you cannot be present for anything else important unless you are sober. So it kind of became this thing where because they were only four days apart, his anniversary and my sobriety uh, anniversary, um, because they were so close together and it, it took getting through my brother's death to get to my anniversary. And then now every year it takes getting through his anniversary to get to my anniversary and celebrate that. It really has, has been, become a reminder that like you got through this thing sober. Good for you. You can do it. Life is not going to be able to throw anything at you that is bigger than going through the death of your brother. So it's kind of a, it's, it's reassuring in a sense. And I'm able to talk to him when it comes to like, um, 
anything that I feel like might be testing my sobriety. So, um, I, I see grief is a weird thing, my dude. It, yeah, it, it's, and it's, yep. You know, people say like, it's different for everyone. And it is like, I'm not trying to make fun of, make fun of that notion with the voice, but you f hear that and you first think like, oh, like, okay, people go through the motions differently. The different stages of grief happen at different times for people and all that like is true. But like literally like the, the things that we extract meaning from or um, that's morbid. I'm not going to go into st stuff of the, what I was just thinking, but like, but like my mom seeing a cardinal while she's at her kitchen sink and thinking that there are two cardinals she usually sees thinking that that's Bob and Loopy. That's her, that's how they, that's how Bob shows up for her. Um, I don't see cardinals, but I did used to see a bumblebee that used to come around uh, shortly after he died. I was a smoker at the time with, uh, with my cherry Cokes. I'd go out on my balcony with a cherry Coke and a cigarette. Don't judge me. It's what I did at that time. Um, but this little bumblebee would come and visit me and uh, want to sit on my cherry Coke cans. So I would let it, uh, I don't know if, if bumblebees drink cherry Coke. <laughs> Um, or, or any type of, um, insect, but Sajak, same, uh, in quarantine when people started picking them up again, I, I would smell them on the street. I still like the smell of them on the street anyway. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just weird. It's different for everyone. It shows up. We, so some people get angry at times, other people, it doesn't show at all. Like, or you could be four days later and just like bubbly and joyous because it's your anniversary. Like, Seriously, it's a weird thing that nobody can really explain in any time frame, I don't think. Um, uh, Sajak, you misspelled that word cigarette. Um, sorry, audio listeners, but hopefully Sajak will pick up on what I'm talking about. Um, bumblebees are cherry coke addicts. Get it trending. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I don't remember exactly what, how I got to my brother's legacy from like this whole tattoo, but um, I do get tattoos or I do get a tattoo every year on my anniversary, my actual sobriety date. Um, and I can't show it to you because it is under this dress. And so uh, I literally would not be able to do that legally and uh, by YouTube's terms and services. But um, there's a picture of the stencil online once the once it heals a little better and I like feel cute or whatever, I'll probably post a picture. But essentially, I get I, I got after my first one year anniversary, I got a raven, uh, just a silhouette of a raven in flight, just a black silhouette um, tattooed on my like on my hip. And the whole plan was every year on my sobriety date, I would get another bird added, um, just on and on every single year. And that would be my yearly tradition. And so that has been my yearly tradition, whether I have some sort of like little party or just that. Um, I've always gone to a tattoo shop and gotten a raven added to my collection. And it's funny because now people are like, that's so cool. And they don't question it. But at the time, like when I was starting, when I was at like two or three, people were like, okay, but what happens if, what happens when you, uh, when you end up getting like 50 of them? And I'm like, well, then I'll be sober as fuck. What are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? The, the whole point is to have over 50 of these. And then the other question is like, okay, but then what happens if you relapse and you now you've got three of these birds or five of these birds or however many of these birds? I'm like, well, then that serves as a reminder of how far I got 
before I relapse because I won't be able to add birds to that anymore until I have that month, that many years sober again. And like, it's different for everyone. What keeps you sober, but that helps me because I have this reminder on my body. That's like, Hey dude, you've racked up nine years, nine years there. Look at that. Be proud of yourself, but also like, don't give that up. So, um, Oh, I just saw that Amanda Joe saw a bumblebee uh, a few days ago hanging out on a bush. And you were at a stoplight. You thought of me and Bob. That's so sweet. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how my brother's death, my sobriety anniversary, my tattoos, how it kind of all plays in together. And to the point where... I don't know if any if, if this is super boomer of me, then forgive me. But I don't know if do people here even use Bitmoji, like the Bitmoji keyboard? Because I love it. I don't use it a ton, but um Christina and I definitely have used it a lot. My mom likes them. Um but they like I don't know where they're getting it from, if it's some sort of like some Gen Z-ish side of the internet that I'm just not tapped into, but like they will these bitmojis will bastardize certain words and just make it funny. So um, instead of happy birthday or birthday or something like that, there's one that says like Bordoy, Bordoy instead of birthday. <laughs> and rewind. So we started calling my anniversary, my sobriety anniversary, my tativersary, tativersary, tativersary. So it's usually what I call it. And it's gotten to the point where I'll say it's my tativersary and I won't even realize people don't know what that means. But then it goes even further because I send Christina a picture of it. And she's like, oh, happy Tadabordoi, which is the funniest thing. But she did feel like, because I hadn't, Christina and I hadn't talked in so long. It's bad. Um, I need to get better about it. Hence another reason I should probably spend a little less time on the internet. Um, but she was like, see, Bob brought us together because I, of course, texted her when I was getting this tattoo. I texted her the, the stencil and we started talking again and catching up. And she was like, see, Bob brought us together. Like, so I do think it is like whatever, whatever is meaningful to you at that time, it really doesn't fucking matter. Because I'll tell you what, if none of this matters, if we all just become like some people say like worm food or, you know, like all, all that is, is, is whatever time we spend here on earth and then it's all over and nothing else matters. Then at the same time, like if I want to believe that my brother gave me this rose tattoo or that he brought me back together with my best, like, what does it fucking matter? Like if it, if it helps, then why not? Like I'm not deluding myself in any way that's harmful. That is a different story, but that's a story for another day. So I'm going to, um, hashtag water gang. I have forgotten how much water I need to drink on Tuesday nights because just from talking. If what's true, you're going to be really sad you worked your whole time being here. What does that mean? Well, we all got to work. You just got to find ways to really uh, in enjoy your life and find meaning in it, right? We're all on that journey, I feel like, um, which kind of gets to really the broader thing that um, I was going to talk about, which is mental health. And I really don't know. I don't know exactly what, what to say about mental health and where I am because I don't know where I am. <laughs> um, 
I see. Sorry, one more um, uh, super chat from Sajak that says, here's some uncomfortable money. <laughs> this is what happens when I have friends who um, who don't know how to handle me crying and showing and showing emotion. Do you guys remember when Naley would be like, watch, I'm going to make her cry, and then felt really bad because it would work? <laughs> oh, that's so funny to me. Um, but yeah, let's see. So mental health, where are we? with that. Holy shit. I mean, I'm not going to say I've been in the best place. No, not at all. Um, but trying to do my best to take care of myself through a really hard time. And so in a sense, like that can be being in a good place if you're able to take care of yourself and survive something that to be quite honest, some people have not survived. Um, and I don't just mean, I'm talking about a multitude of things, um, why I backed away from the internet. I don't want to get into it because then like the politics of it like starts, it hurts some people and other people just want to be helpful. Um, but I made an apology two weeks ago today. And uh, for, for that situation, if you just want to show general support for me and my mental health in this BAP, thank you. Um, but just, I don't want to speak specifically to that or run the risk of any of us diminishing that apology, the need for it, or the people that deserved it. So just, just wanted to like put that out there for you guys um, that, that I don't want to like, I don't want any, I, I don't want any of us to talk about that specifically and run the risk of just like doing something insensitive because we're live. Um, but it, it does play into this because I went through uh, a period I was, I don't know if it, it's a good thing to go through something like this on the internet because it's such a weird thing. Right. Um, you know, you, you mess up in life and you can learn your lesson and go, Oh shoot. Like that thing that, that I used to do was not okay. And, and, and change and not do it again. And then, you know, if people in your life learn about it and have an issue, you can have a talk with them. It's fine. It's very different when you're in the public eye, not only when you're in the public eye, but when you have people who really want to revel in your demise. And so it's such a, and it's, in my opinion, such an act of disrespect, not, not to me specifically, but to the people that I may have hurt, um, to just be like, this is all for like fun and games. This is all sport, um, versus like actual human emotions being involved, the mental health of either the person that they're, they want to see fall or the, or the person or people that they may have hurt where, where these two parties are trying to work out, um, you know, what happened, where are we now? What is the state of your character? And, uh, and what can I do to make this up to you? Um, you know, is there anything you'd like to say? Like that's, a, there, there's a whole exchange there. And I don't, I don't, that's not all to say that like this experience is solely to be experienced between me and those people, but then where the, uh, where others come into the conversation, I think it's just important for others to be able to be there, to be supportive to whoever they feel like they need to be, but really to also pay attention to the message and learn you know, what can I pick up from this situation? Um, is there anything that I need to learn about this person being me? Do I need to reassess what I think about her? Do, um, do I need to, whether that be like full on, like I can't support this person anymore, or just a heavy dose of reality that this person is a person and is going to disappoint people sometimes. 
Um, you know, do I need to to look at my own behaviors and and pay attention to some of these messages? Because holy shit, I've done these things too. Like, there's a lot of ways that the that the rest of the audience comes into play with situations like that. Here I am saying, well, I'm not going to talk about this, but I do like this plays into like the whole mental health factor. But um, that is all so valid, so important, and those are conversations we need to have. And what a better time than when somebody, when something like this comes about and somebody's going through a, a tough time with having to like actually issue an apology. That's hard, dude. Like, but it, the ability, being able to give an apology and mean it and do it to the best of your ability, it, you'll never give a perfect apology. But I do think that being able to do it is a skill that everybody could probably benefit from doing better. And I want to like put a pin in that because there are some people, there are people who are different in a different way. But um, I've always thought like, I'm kind of one of those people that's pretty like firm in the things that I believe and pretty opinionated a little bit more on the stubborn side. And so like learning to take criticism and learning how to give apologies has been a learning process for me. Um, it's, and it's something I still continually have to work on getting better at all the time. There are some people who perhaps giving an apology is really easy for them, but I'm not trying to judge anyone here. I'm just kind of like classifying types of behavior in my brain because I know that I, if I just speak to one type of person that I relate to, then I'm like negating these other um, behavioral types. But I feel like there are some people who find it really easy to give apologies, but it's either because they just have learned that that's what you have to say in order to kind of like get the monkey off your bat, back, your bat, <laughs> uh, so to speak, just to like get rid of a problem. Um, or there are people I think who are really, who freely and easily give apologies because they kind of have this mindset. And I think I've said something like this before on my channel, but kind of this like, this mindset that I suck, I suck, I suck, I'm the worst. If there's a problem in the world, it's probably because of something that I did. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm the worst, I'm sorry. And that's not the kind of person that I, almost ever find myself being, but I became that person. So, um, not, not directly when things kind of hit the fan, when I gave that apology, I mean, there are so many ways that I could have done it better or worse. If I would have waited, to be honest with you, if I would have waited, I might've been in a much worse place and done it even worse. Um, because when I did, it was before I had heard a lot coming in from the world. I really hadn't heard much of what people were saying about me. And I have still avoided the spaces where people are really, like I said, just kind of celebrating this for sport, not not out of care for anyone else. Um, and so I just spoke, I spoke from directly where, where I was in that moment. So I'm sure, I'm sure I could have done better, but I know that after a day or two of dealing with it, that I started to become so defeated. And to be honest, I still don't know what 
to do differently in this situation. But I started to hate myself, which is not something I typically experience. I've not, self-loathing is just not a very, yeah, that's not something that I have a lot of experience with. Um, but I've just, I really genuinely started to believe that like I was not worthy of any sort of love or comfort or expression of support or even just reassurance that I'm just like a, a person, a good person. Um, I didn't know how to accept it. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm perfect at it now. I mean, I'm, I've, I've healed somewhat. Um, but yeah, I'm, I no, I'm still dealing with walking into a room, so to speak, because there are no rooms for me to walk into here except for my own home, but like online spaces where I'll like go into like say a group chat or something or, or like a, a, a live chat or something where like my quote unquote friends are my great, my online friends and acquaintances. And I will make something of nothing. Um, my anxiety brain will turn on and say like, Oh, you know, the chat's quiet or whatever. Um, people hate me. Um, and I think to some degree, some people are disappointed in me. And so like legitimately, like don't want to talk to me, don't want to be around me. Some people might be disappointed with me and or are just stressed out by the situation because a lot of my subscribers and followers and like the people who are close to me online would get so emotionally invested in the things that happen to me online that if something really kind of devastating happens to me or my community or within my community, they take that on. So I know that that happened. Um, and I know that I can't hold that against people. I know that there's just a very simple and pragmatic side of this where um, some people have to just distance themselves because there's a, a kind of like guilt by association um, narrative online. And I hope that that's not offensive to anyone. That's not in any way meant to take away from like the severity of what I did. But there is this, there is this whole uh, culture of like, um, you know, we've heard YouTubers talk about it and it's a real thing. So it's just such a weird experience. It is not like anything that I have experienced in like real everyday life. Um, and so I do hope to bounce back and to feel kind of comfortable in my own social circles because I also don't wanna be that person. Like as much as nobody really wants to be around that hard, hard headed person who's always right no matter what all the time, you also don't wanna be around that person who's just like such the ever like self defeatist. And who's just like, oh, yes, this must be my fault because I'm the worst. I know I'm the worst. I'm sorry. Like, oh, you stubbed your toe? That's that. That's probably because I should have known that that, that chair was going to be in the way. Like, you know, like, it, that's not helpful to anyone. We want to see somebody who's like got a little, who's somewhere in between, you know, got some balance so that when they say these things, you, you know that they mean it because you know that they've thought about it from a place with, a, with where their head is at least somewhat clear. Or, or that we know these people are self-aware enough to where when they do say things, we know how, how aware they are of truly like their impact. So um, I have not looked at the chat and so I'm just having faith that everything is okay in the chat and that, you know, things are cool. Um, somebody scream at me if I'm um, having a problem. Um, there's a super sticker. Oh, from Paige Marie. It's a microphone. Thank you. 
Yeah. It also, that just reminded me. Thank you for the for the break. Um, if you do, if you do check out my dress on Instagram to see it, kind of the full thing. Remember to leave a microphone emoji just to let me know that you came from BAP. Things are cool. Thank you, Say Jack. Um, it's it's a it's a tricky thing to navigate. Um, Audie says there's a middle ground between groveling and self-deprecating versus not apologizing easily. Balance is for sure a key. Really, really important. Yeah, because you can be, like I said, neither of, neither of those states of mind are helpful to your community. Um, you've got to be grounded enough from your ego to, to know that like you can fuck up, that you can be at fault for things sometimes, but also grounded enough from this like personal hell or like self-deprecating, self-loathing place, grounded, grounded enough to know that not everything is your fault and you're not a martyr for pretending that everything is due to you. That is just you, it, that tells me, and I could be ju being judgmental as fuck towards this hypothetical person or this hypothetical version of me or what, um, but people in that space, I think sometimes it's easy too to just be like, all the problems of the world are my fault. And it prevents you from actually true, truly having to uh, introspect. And because it's it can be really painful to really truly examine how much of this is my fault. How much of this is where I fucked up? How much of this? Another thing too, that is difficult at times is like, hey, um, I might actually have to confront somebody else about this thing. Perhaps this is not, perhaps this isn't my fault nearly at all. I'm not talking about my situation, but I'm just saying in general, when dealing with conflict and attributing everything to yourself, I do have a tendency to in internalize. I'm not self-loathing, but I do have a tendency to get very anxious and think that I'm the one who has to fix everything. That's different. Um, but both are, I think, a version of kind of internalizing stress and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, balance is key in just about every area of life, right? <laughs> Chloe says, congratulations on nine years. Thank you. Um, I need to water gang another time. It's been a while. I'm rusty, guys. Linda, I hope that that's something that, um, that you know, gets a little better for you. You um, issue, you know, that we're all on our own journeys or, you know, as, as cheesy as that is, we're all on it. But I would venture to say that most of the people that gather in spaces like this, especially around a, a podcast title like the one I gave, probably people who are looking to better their mental health in some way. Um, you know, that's kind of one of the, the common threads that kind of brings you know, the 200 of us together that are here. Thank you for being here with me, which reminds me of this email that I received. And I do want to read it um, because my podcast producers forwarded it to me and it was so helpful. Like I need to make a love folder. That's something we were talking about too, is not having a love folder that you can use to like kind of pick you up from the trenches because it's not good to be in that place for for too long. Um, but I'm going to keep this person anonymous, but they said, um, <laughs> they said, so this, oh, so the tide, the, the, uh, subject is I wanted to thank you. And I have 
commentary on this when I'm done. So don't think that I'm like taking all the credit for what this person's giving me credit for. But they said, so this is going to sound strange, but I don't know how to address you. <laughs> You're a person. So saying hi, hello, leash feels weird, but so does referring to you as Alicia, which I assume is your name, but hello. If you're wondering about that, you can call me Alicia. You can call me Hello Leash. I think what a lot of people online do is they refer to me as Leash. But you can absolutely say Hello Alicia. <laughs> That's totally fine. It is my name, so it won't feel weird to me. Um, they said, I wanted to write you to say that when I started your content over a year ago, I was in the process of, oh, I I'm, don't, I just to be totally honest with you guys, I am going to get out of the habit of giving what I think might be, if for me, excessive content warnings, but just so you know, in case you need to step away, surprise, this is a podcast about sobriety. Um, this mentions, this alludes to drug use. It's not, it's not graphic at all. Um, they said, I wanted to write you to say that when I started your content over a year ago, I was in the process of getting high at work. I was also in the process of attempting to get sober. And while working overnights, I would listen to your story time videos about your own journey to getting sober amongst your assorted commentary videos. In April, you tweeted a message, something along the lines of, if you're considering getting sober, please go to a meeting or detox, or et cetera. And you're going to do this because you know you have to. And they said, I'm paraphrasing, but I wanted to tell you that after almost a year of trying to get sober and relapsing and trying and relapsing, those tweets were a significant chunk of finally getting the courage to get sober. It helped me understand the gravity and the weight of such a decision and what it truly takes to understand the push behind the decision that I had to, that it was the only path forward or my life would continue to be defined by drugs and a life defined by drugs would be an awful shame. Well, yes, my sobriety is mine and I can't really put it on anyone or anything. And it's really important for me to know that. I wanted to tell you that in a small way you did help me. I've now been sober since May 21st of 2021. Yay, congrats. I don't know if you're hearing this, but that's so awesome. They said, I apologize for my grammar. I'm not skilled in writing. I just wanted to extend some kindness your way and that in your time on YouTube, you did help someone and that it mattered. Which I'm so, thank you to the person who wrote that. Thank you producers for sending me that way um, or sending that my way. It's pouring outside. It's very pretty. Um, and I do want to say that I, I know what it's like to be that person who is just like, oh my God, this person said the thing that I needed to hear and it changed my life and that person got me sober. And of course they didn't say that, but reading that and, and being able to see that from an outsider's perspective, I'm thinking like, whoever you are. I don't know if you realize how much of that was you. Like, I know that on a cognitive level, like people tell you like, this is you, you're the one who did it. Take credit. You did it. You did it. But like, seriously, if you were in a place where you are not ready to even consider the possibility of getting sober, if you are not in a place where you are open to that idea, you're not going to be consuming content by a girl who casually alludes to her sobriety in every other video and, and certainly not listen to her stories about how she got sober. You know, like if you're really in it and you don't, and you're not ready to consider getting sober, you, you avoid those people. You, you despise those people in some, in some cases. So 
the fact that this person was actively consuming my content, knowing that I'm a sober person who doesn't shy away from talking about that, that means that that person was willingly putting themselves in spaces that were encouraging them to do. That was their own mind is what I'm saying. So, and I don't, I vaguely remember putting that message out. Like I don't specifically remember it being a tweet. So I don't specifically remember what I said. Um, but I do remember, and, and it happens with various topics. Sometimes I will just get, feel moved to kind of say something. And I will say to myself, I think I said something like saying, please go to a meeting or detox if you're considering it. And, uh, you're going to do this because you know, you have to definitely sounds like me. <laughs> you're I'll tell people all the time, like, you're going to get through this. You know why? Cause you have to. And there's actually, believe it or not, for some people, there's a lot of comfort in that. Um, so it sounds like me, and I vaguely remember that putting this message out and not necessarily being like, oh, I'm going to change the world. And like so many people are going to get this message and it's going to better their lives. But I know that when you have some sort of an audience, some sort of platform, you put out a certain message with intent that's got a very like pointed message, especially like somebody is out there who, who needs to hear that. So again, whether it's all bullshit and it's just coincidence. And I just happen to think that at that time and know that I have an audience that might have somebody that that could get to, or if it's all, you know, this woo woo things, everything happens for a reason. Does it really fucking matter? I don't know. It doesn't, no, it doesn't matter in my opinion. So it, I do at times like to put out messages like that just because I feel moved to. And, um, and because I think that somebody is waiting to hear those words, more or less what it feels like. Like somebody out there is waiting for somebody to say this thing. So why don't you go ahead and be that person? And so it makes me feel really, uh, really grateful that I got to be that person that I kind of stepped into those shoes in that moment for this person. So, um, yeah, it's, it was really nice. It was really, really nice to get that. Um, so where am I? I am sober. Nine, nine years, in case you didn't know. Um, I took a couple weeks off from the internet, kind of. I was, still did some things for Patreon. Um, those are my paying members. Atticus, you've been in this room the whole time, seriously. And you know, Somebody needs to remind me to go fix their... Uh, litter robot. <laughs> so not very podcast uh, appropriate, but uh, their litter robot is stuck. Hey, buddy, you want to come up? You want to come up and say hi to the friends? They always ask for you, but I always have to shut the door. You're going to be a pain in my ass. Come on. Come on, buddy. <laughs> you just, hey, come on up. You want to say hi? Can you be calm, please, and don't touch my mic? Look at him. Look at this sweet boy who got his teeth cleaned a couple weeks ago. A beautiful little man. You guys want to see his face? He's he's very fussy when I try to, like, hold him and stuff, so he's not the easiest. Like, Moses I was holding today, and I actually was able to take her into the bathroom and, like, pee and hold her and do everything I needed to do. Um, she's really good at it. Oliver's pretty good at being held. But Atticus, look at him. He's a squirmy little fuck, but I love him. Such a handsome man. You're a handsome guy. You know that? Audio listeners, you're missing out, but hopefully you heard the purrs through the mic. 
Let's see if I can give you some ASMR. No, it just <laughs> feels like he just burped. <laughs> so, but he's also drooling. So, um, hey, sweet boy, were you really napping that whole time? You're getting old if you were able to nap through that whole podcast. That whole time, this is Atticus. He just wants to put his ass in the air when I'm on YouTube. That's all. He, if you guys remember, like over a year ago, I was saying this in videos. He just wants to come and put his ass in the air. Atticus, <laughs> this is my cat's ass. In case you were wondering where it was. He's purring. He's a sweet boy. Um, and if you are new-ish to my content, this is Atticus. You just bumped into my mic. People are going to be mad. You want to make the people mad? We don't like to make the people mad. No, now I made the people mad. Um, you, I don't want to put my ass on uh, in the air on YouTube, but give me some time. Let me work on this a little bit. Maybe I'll want to. Oh, now he's gotten comfy with me. Okay. Um, you can't be mad at Atticus. You really, I don't know if I've ever been mad at him. I don't think so. I don't think so. The only times he's really ever free, well, he is drooling on my laptop, so um, Neely is coming up with the perfect way to make Alicia cry. She's very, I could use it honestly tonight. Um, but no, I don't, I don't know that I've ever been mad at Atticus in his whole life. I don't know if I can be really all that mad at cats. <laughs> I've been mad at Moses before because she fights Oliver and beats him up, but that's not her fault, she's just a weirdo. Um, Asicus. Oh, buddy, you can still see his arms, like his his the hair on his on his legs, are are is short from where he got his dental. It was so funny when he came back because they had to do they had to poke him in both of his legs. I feel like saying arms. You know, does anybody else do that? Like, there's front legs, there's arms. Dude, your neck is wet from all your drool. And he's also making biscuits on my lap, which he doesn't do. Um, what was I saying? What was I even saying, yo? I need to fix your litter box. It got stuck. I'm glad you weren't over there trying to use it. I'm sorry, guys. He's just having a moment with me. Um, every orange cat I've ever met has been so very, very dumb, but oh, so sweet. As far as I know, and I've only worked in the veterinary field for like five minutes. Um, I worked uh, as a client coordinator at an animal hospital in the DC area um, and have had a bunch of cats. But one of the things that is, is in the circles that I've known is that uh, there is a common personality type with uh, ginger cats, particularly ginger boys. And I don't even know how to describe it. Like you guys know Atticus. He's he's like weird and he's energetic and he's like goofy, but super friendly, really sweet, just like really lovable and kind of just, just a little bit of a kooky way. See, see, <laughs> stop. He got my hand all wet. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm so sorry to the audio listeners. This is all the more reason to watch on YouTube as well. Listen and watch, you know, just give me all your time. I'm just kidding. I don't expect that. The personality type is doofy. It's doofy, but like with some with some energy. It's like, kind of like varsity doofy, you know? 
Um, hands all wet on Alicia's OnlyFans. You just, did you just sexualize my cat? I will not have it. Um, oh, I'm so glad that some of you really enjoy the live experience. I never really know what I'm supposed to be doing. And honestly, maybe that's why this works sometimes is because I started YouTube not intending to do anything in particular, not in, not, not having a certain like objective in mind, not knowing how to do this. When I started Patreon, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but this is what I want to talk about. These are the channels that I want to create and clubs meetings that I want to do. And then people are like, yeah, there are no other discords or Patreons that are like this. And I'm like, oh, okay, but it works. So, um, Lauren says that you're just here to hang with me. Thank you. Um, but yeah, in terms of just like where, where I am right now, thank God. Um, I feel calm and good right now ish, you know, relatively, which is so such a fucking relief you guys, because like, if you can imagine, I was really, uh, honestly, I was nervous about coming back. It's one of those, but it, but kind of like nervous in the, the sense of like climbing to the top of the ladder of the diving board kind of thing. Um, you know, anxious about it, but knowing that I just need to do it and get through it and that it's probably going to be okay. And thank you to those of you who did reassure me that things were going to be okay. And it's not always going to be okay. It's not always going to be easy. Some people are going to leave some nasty comments on my Instagram photos. That's not appropriate, by the way, just in terms of etiquette. I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> like if you want to, if you want to like express your disdain with me, like maybe even DM me if you want, but um, not in the comments where like my parents are hanging out. Like, pfft please. Anyway. Um, what next? Yeah. I would show you if I could Audie, but he's got just like, yes. Yes. Ew. Uh, my cue key is all wet. He's looking up at me like this. <laughs> I can't, I can't, um, not even comment flooding. Um, Bless the writer said Insta comment flooding is so stressful. That's annoying. Um, you guys have seen the Roblox kids do that to me. Um, but, um, but, but even just like, I, I don't know. I just think there's like a time and place when people get very Twitter on Instagram is weird, you know? Okay. Th this is what he does when he's, no, do not rub against that. He was about to go against the, the camera that, well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about this keyboard. That's all drooly. Um, but yeah, just having like Twitter energy on in Instagram comments on a photo is just like, you know, time and place. My parents come around here, my family, my actual like friends. This is like the world. And it's probably my fault because I have, I didn't, I have not uh, distinguished like hello leash, the creator from hello leash, a regular person who's been on social media since Facebook launched. So, um, I'm, I'm only like half complaining, like jokingly complaining because like, that's on me. This is a business now and I don't have a separate account for that, but oh, well, um, I noticed some of you guys are following my mom on Instagram. It's so cute. And then as soon as I told my mom, like people are following you on Instagram because of me, um, then right after that, her Instagram account gets hacked and she's like, I'm like, mom, why are you posting about free Ray-Bans? I'm like, Ugh. so, um, let me see. 
Um, what was I saying? Oh, Danny, your kids are teething. You are a literal saint. I think everybody knows that. Um, so yeah, and I, I did kind of want to share with you guys that I have faith that most of the people that are here because it's so much smaller audience than usual. Um, and that's that these are, you guys are my people. Like you're, I don't, the, the aim was not to get a huge audience. The aim was to have uh, a meaningful conversation with the, with the small group of people that want to have that with me and that are open to me having that right now. And that's not everybody. Um, but I do think that like having to stop cat hairs in the air. I got to move it out of the way. <laughs> Taking a moment to stop and also like find new content to consume because fact of the matter is no matter what I'm doing, my brain goes a million miles a minute, especially like when I'm not, when I don't have something that I'm like listening to or watching or something like that, or, you know, that I'm reading or a game I'm playing or something like that. Usually, honestly, I have to be doing two of those things at a time. Um, so one thing that I started doing was exploring other creators on YouTube. And I don't think I'm quite ready to say who, because people get so divisive when you say who some of these ideas come from. In fact, one of these creators said that they were advised not to say anything on YouTube that um, lets anybody know like who you are, what you do, or what you believe. I'm like, fuck, I've... Everybody knows all that stuff about me. So I guess I'm set up for failure. But at the same time, it creates for a more like genuine experience here. And so if that means that I'm not going to like scale my channel at some like rapid pace, that's going to make me rich. Like that's not what I want. What I want to do is enjoy what I'm putting out, enjoy the sense of community that I have with people. And then if it gets to the, and if I make some money off of that, great. If it gets to the point where I can make a living off of that and be happy, that's the important part. Great. Um, it's such a tricky thing though, but I would only want to do that if I were genuine. And I think part of, of some of the frustration. So before even uh, the stuff that happened two weeks ago even happened, I, told my, my channel in a video that came out, the Emma Chamberlain video, my last video, um, I, and, and in different places online, I said, you know, I'm going to be going in a, probably a different direction with my channel. And just in all transparency, a lot of what that means is just not, not talking about Gabby Hanna. And like, coincidentally, nothing was going, has been going on with her. So, you know, great, like works for her, works for me, works for everybody, I hope. Um, but and apologies to my patrons, because I'm probably going to say a lot of things that you already heard me say. But um, something that somebody pointed out to me, I, I, I've said in many ways that like, hey, like the obsession that I have with this person is not so much with them as a person, as an individual. It's more kind of them as a concept. And I was criticized for dehumanizing her for that. But I, I don't mean to dehumanize her. I just mean, let me be very clear. I do not make videos where I talk about people for those videos to be consumed by those people. So if I make a video about this week's video will be about Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star and that friendship and how it has created every single Dramageddon that we've had since 2018, one a year. We haven't had one in 2021, but um, I'm, that's not so Shane and Jeffree will watch them. I think that that is a kind of a misconception 
with some commentary channels. Some commentary channels will make videos so that that person will see it and, and take their advice or criticism or whatever it is. It's not, it's more like, let's have a conversation around these behaviors so that we can also examine our own behaviors in relation to them. Have you been in this place where you've done something like this? Has somebody done this to you? Do you kind of do these things? Like, how do we sort through these? And so it, it became this like system of concepts right? And that's the, that's a problem. And maybe there are my like fellow neurodivergents out there who are like what I'm saying and kind of like describing my mind makes sense to you. Um, or to, or to not people who are, I don't want to say neurotypical because that, you know, the internet gave that a nasty connotation, but just those who are not neurodivergent. Um, but it just, the conversation became just this complex, like, okay, this situation happened, it brought up this conversation, but then this situation happened, it brought up this conversation, but then this one brings up this conversation, but then this one relates to these conversations. And it became very fascinating for me. And that is all. And I, I also um, made a joke that I will not apologize for, just so you know. So if you want to hate me, cancel me go for it. I don't care. Um, but I did make a joke in one BAP and I knew what I was doing when I was going into it, but I joked that I made kind of a mean girls reference. And I said, maybe I have a big fat autistic crush on Gabby Hanna. And to my, uh, my audience members that are autistic or who know autism well, they know what I meant by that, that, that I believe that I have had not so much these days, uh, not, not that I've taken a breather from her, but like in terms of just like the content that I was consuming and talking about on YouTube was very hyper fixated on Gabby Hanna. I did find these situations to be pretty fascinating. It's not, it's not even because of a vendetta. I know that some people like to come to like my defense and be like, well, hello, Alicia was targeted by her last year, blah, blah, blah. It really wasn't even about that. It was really just each conversation led itself to another one. And you might also see the same behavior if you look farther back in my history to around April of 2020, when I was talking about Anthony Padilla and Mikey and the infamous eye roll, I made like, too, too many videos about that in a row. I think I made like three or four videos in a row about that situation. And it was because I was engaging with all the comments. And so each time I would read the comments and talk to people about in the comments, then it would bring up another conversation. And we kind of like dig a little deeper into the situation. And then make another video where I'm like, oh, let me address these, these things that came up in these conversations until people were like, shut up. This is the, the sad and embarrassing and harsh way of YouTube is that like, it's very like all at once people will tell you, shut up. We don't care. And then it's, you know, it's embarrassing. And then you learn, you need to stop. <laughs> that, that may be one of the ways that reality kind of like hits you uh, and until you listen. Um, so it's kind of more or less the same thing. I'm not going to apologize for making a joke of a hyperfixation and, and kind of like tongue in cheek calling it an autistic crush. Like if you can't, I, I, it's one of those things where I have a lot, a lot of the people who really try to come for me are not the people who identify, um, with what they're white knighting for. Um, but whether you are or not, I mean, can we not just poke fun at ourselves? That was a, a joke about myself. Can I not just poke fun at myself a little bit? Like in a way that's pretty, pretty damn innocuous. Please come on. If we're going to take ourselves that seriously, I just... And that's the thing is that I don't, 
if I were to come here, like uh, my apology that I gave two weeks ago, sincere, it stays as it is. Like I said, do not diminish the necessity of it. Not talking about that. But if I were to come on here and be like, oh, somebody said that I shouldn't have said autistic crush. I'm going to apologize. I want to apologize to you guys for that because um, that was insensitive or because one person got hurt or something like that. And take every single criticism particularly that these channels smaller than me are taking. I'm not saying that they're in the wrong. I'm saying that that is not me. So um, there are some commentators that are smaller, that are channels that are smaller than me that like to make videos about me. And I don't take issue with that at all. I'm probably not gonna consume it, but, um, but if you take issue with my behavior and you wanna talk about it just the way I just described that I do or have done on my channel, do it. That's fine. My thing is that I believe that I don't hold people to standards that I myself don't don't hold myself to. So, you know, here with this recent situation, one thing that people have said is like, oh, what a hypocrite you are. It's like, well, where? How? Um, depends on how you define it. If you're saying that I have criticized people for the exact same thing that I did, that's not true. If you want to broaden it to be like, oh, you can't criticize somebody because you've because you've done something wrong in the past, well, then that's not realistic. So um, just being cognizant of like the standards you hold others to relative to the standards you hold yourself to. If those are consistent, then I think, I mean, in, there are so many ways to determine whether or not what you're doing on YouTube is good or bad. But um, with these some of these people who criticize me, the smaller channels that talk about me, some of them hold themselves to those standards. So I'm not mad. Like if they want to say that like, oh, I lost, she, lo she loses her temper on Twitter and she's like, used the word bitch before. And she's like, like the things that I've done. Like there are things, there have been times where I'm like, shit, they called me out and they're right. But at the same time, like, I don't think that I am ready to cater to people to that degree. So in some ways, like these people who are critical of me and they hold themselves to the same standards that they're holding me, great for them. In, in some ways, they are better than me, like genuinely, legitimately. But I want to find a nice way to say this. I, that's not who I'm trying to be. Um, and so that's, I think I found myself at this crossroads where when I did want like address the situation sincerely, I... Sorry, I just got distracted because I was like, is this Atticus trying to get in that litter box that is stuck that I need to fix? Um, while kind of assessing how genuine I'm being in this apology and how I'm really dissecting it and looking at it and feeling towards it. Um, no, I'm not putting all of my thoughts out into the world. I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's helpful. But it does make me assess like, okay, we've got to make sure that we're being as authentic as we want to be. And for me, I want to be pretty damn authentic on YouTube. If that's going to get me in trouble sometimes, fine. But at least I got in trouble for being me and not getting in trouble because I was doing this performative act for the people because I want people not to criticize me. Um, you, you know, what we do here on YouTube it's funny, I heard somebody say, you know, you're either here to educate or to entertain. And I do believe that, I do believe that we can do both. So I did have this written down. Producers, when I said I thought I had some notes written down, I knew I had these thoughts written out somewhere. 
I didn't even bring that notebook in here with me. So I'm just going to try to come off the tippy. Um, I do believe that what we do on YouTube is it can be educational to an extent and it can be an art form to an extent. It can be both, um, but it should be one or the other. And you should be consuming it for one, one of those reasons or the other because you're either entertained by it or you're being educated by it. If you are watching me and you're giving me hours of your life just because you hate me and you just want to revel in how much you hate me, or this goes for anybody watching anyone, like really seriously consider how much you're looking after yourself. But, um, you know, to a degree, because we are here to entertain and educate, you know, this, there's a performance element to what I'm doing. I'm not going to deny that. There is a way that I present myself to you so that you consume me the way that I want you to. And I want that to be pretty damn authentic, but you're not going to hear from me the way I talk to my best friend, the way I talk to my family, the way I talk to my closest circle of friends. And like, be realistic. Do any of us talk the same way when we're one-on-one -on -one with the people we trust the most versus when we're in these other circles? Of course not. We, you know, that's called compartmentalization. Um, but I do want to be true to the words that I put out on this channel. And that's going to be YouTube or my audience or the, the public has kind of tried to put me in the, the couple of different boxes that just like in general, people kind of fall into naturally um, does not always fit how I feel inside. And so I just want to kind of like brace my audience and let y'all know that like, I'm going to be trying to, listen less to what I think I'm supposed to say and, and regurgitate that, the what I'm supposed to say, and give you more of what I actually believe. And learning how to flesh those thoughts out and, and express them in a way that's helpful to people, that's going to be a process. I've been, so I said that I was like starting to consume different kinds of content and somehow it was making me feel better. But I was, I stopped consuming like the YouTube drama which I'm going to have to consume some of it if I'm going to really commentate on YouTubers. But I started listening a lot to um, more content that's more on the phil philosophy side of YouTube and some on the politics side of YouTube. And I realized, holy shit, I don't know anything. <laughs> um, I kind of in terms of, of what I know in, in terms of my own philosophy and like how introspective I am and how those beliefs like shape who I am and, and how like I think I'm more spot on with how introspective and self-aware I am that from this content that I've consumed I'm like okay I'm I'm relating to these things that I'm hearing but also listening to myself back in this other context I'll tell you guys about I'm like okay that is somebody who more or less is pretty self-aware what I don't what I realized I don't know shit about and I don't think most of us do if I'm being honest is about politics and I, uh, that's something that I'm going to learn more about. Just not, not so that I can have a political opinion because I think what's happening is I'm having an apolitical experience where I'm becoming either Atticus is staring at himself in the mirror. Um, I'm becoming more of just somebody who's just outside of political parties, like either independent or just apolitical or however you want to label me is kind of where I feel like I'm landing, but just kind of observing how communities work 
more or less. It looks like I might be disconnected. How long was I talking while being disconnected? <sighs> well, I'm talking and I'm hoping that everything, wait, I'm gonna check my phone. I see the chat is moving. I see the chat is moving. I'm gonna check my, mm, I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm good. Okay, thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much. Um, so what was I saying? Yeah, just really like listening to people who are just really well versed in in certain things and like learning like why people do what they do. Like I have said that before. Um, and in fact, what I was alluding to was um, the Bold Bitch podcast by Gia Goodrich. Um, I was on her podcast and all this shit blew up in my life at right at the time that I was supposed to be like right at the time that she was releasing the first, I did a two-parter with her. So she released the first episode while I was dealing with this. I just could not, like, it wasn't the time for me to promote that, but I do want to like put, um, a clip from it on the next video. So I'll probably add that to the end of the next video. Um, but yeah, like, I did say something about that there where I just like, I love to pick apart people and try to understand why they do the things they do and real and really listening to like, like the philosophy side of YouTube is pretty illuminating, but the politics side, I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that there, there was that this is just so complicated that it's so complicated. And like, honestly mathematical like that's why people have predicted like this is what's going to happen in this year and it's happened not because these people people are magical it's because this shit is predictable um so uh, that's me kind of dumping a little bit of that onto you guys so i don't want to get too into that but it's really i think I, for some reason it's been really calming for me to just like learn more to expand my mind i maybe at the very least i felt like i was feeding myself like like a better like mental diet more or less um so wait why is this because a reason that amber is your favorite you're not watching amber <laughs> um ha oh read Neely's super chat before she has a bitch fit. yeah sure like let me stop my my very complex thought in the middle of it <laughs> no it's fine i'm i was looking for a place to stop was just wondering, says, thank you for being so open and honest. It's refreshing and out of Oh my God, thank you for letting me be. Because I get so nervous when I start to open up. But I have to do that. i got to be willing to take that risk. Thank you. Alistair says, happy that you are nine years sober, but I'm disappointed in you from two weeks ago. I expected better from you. Need time to trust you again fully. That's totally fine. Uh, thank you for um, the donation for saying that. Um, Naley said, getting to know you and forming a friendship with you has been such a privilege. You're trying to get me. It's been such a privilege. You've had a tough year. Watching you go through this has been hard, but you're so strong. And we're all so proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, thank you, Neely. And, and um, the reason I just might seem like kind of blank is just because how much it... When you start to get close to people online to the point where you consider them your friends. And then, like I said earlier, like just worrying all the time that like do my own friends hate me and like to some extent like no none of my friends hate me but like some of them are disappointed in me or some of them just don't know how to deal with the stress or so so like 
Thank you, Neely. <laughs> Thank you. So Pink Clay says, I'm glad your return to the internet has been positive tonight. I think your apology was, was to the point. Thank you. I hope other creators don't make 50 videos on your shortcomings to continue to get views. You know what? Let them. Thank you so much for that message. Let them. Um, I, I think that sometimes like I've, I've taken some of this time too to kind of analyze why I think people have taken, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the apology two weeks ago. Again, I was already getting criticized before that for like the type of content I was making. There's one small creator that I've heard like I need to give an apology to and I don't know what the fuck for. <laughs> um, and like there are some criticisms out there and I'm wondering like I have to pick apart why, why some of these and like why am I getting criticized for things like talking about a certain creator too much when there are other people in the same genre as me that are actually behaving in ways that are deplorable. Or maybe I just don't understand why this is deplorable. You know, like trying to understand why, but I do think that part of this has been people viewing me as something that is not representative of what I am. And it's only, it's it's up to me to, to change that narrative, right? Also, by the way, that was a really huge donation. So Pink Clay, thank you so much. Um, but I do think that there is a certain, there's just like a um, certain like high standard, moral standard this level of perfection that I think some people have either held me to or think I hold myself to. And to be fair, I'm not sure. Like, the data's not all in yet, but I do think that like baby commentary channels that give insightful commentary are probably all going to go through that at some point. Um, the the like smaller creators I've talked about, there have been smaller creators that have had some really critical things to say of me, and I've noticed some of them kind of falling into the, some of the same traps that they've criticized me for. And I've like I haven't commented on their videos or like gone public to call them out or anything like that. I don't care to like like I said like as goofy as it sounds like this journey, like I had to figure this out and I'm still figuring it out. That's the title of this video. Um, I'm still going to continue to figure this out if I continue to stay on YouTube and they're going to have their own journey with it. But I do remember what it felt like to be at 10 K and your whole audience base for the most part is people who love you and agree with you. Just know that when you get to a certain point where you have a certain amount of exposure, you can like, you're not going to have an echo chamber. So it's funny because one of the ironies the, of this is like people telling me that I'm in an echo chamber when it's like, do you have any idea how much my audience disagrees with me? <laughs> one of my one of my very loyal followers who comes to all of these things just came here to let me know that they're disappointed in me. And if you you know take time to 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 join the Patreon and pay attention, like it 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 hasn't been easy. And that's because I don't surround myself with people who are going to just like feed me what I want to hear. They tell me what either I need to hear or just what they need to say. Um, and when you get, yeah, when your audience gets to a certain size, you, there's like, I don't, I don't know if it's really all that feasible to think that people stay in echo chambers. When your channel is small, like it's easy. It's much easier. That's all I can say. It's much easier. You get to a point where you're like, holy shit, why am I, why is everything different? And it's like, oh, because a lot more people see me these days. It's, it's scary. Um, let me see. 
what was I going to say? Is there anything else I was going to say? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I want to be real. I don't think that, I think that I will say things that people won't like for sure. Do I think that there will be like another scandal, like what happened like two weeks ago? And I don't mean to diminish that. I'm just like meaning the severity of it. I don't think so. Because when somebody sought out to quote unquote audit me, which is like weird as hell, sorry, I'm going to say it. Um, like I tried to conceive of like what there could be in the past. And I remember, I remember one time having uh, a, a, like a karaoke recording or something similar to this or like this very same song because like that was a song that I wanted to like learn all the different verses to just because it was so impressive. Um, I remember that that existed online and I didn't ever think to like comb through like my old karaoke recordings. So I knew that that had happened. I knew that that was something that I did in the past that I learned, like you see it in real time. I've said, I haven't, didn't say this in my apology video, but my patrons pretty much know. Like if you go to the platform where those recordings were, you can see that after that happened, I was singing the same songs and skipping those words. So there, the real growth was there. It's, it's in the pudding. It's not like, I don't have to like convince anybody. And if, if I'm trying to convince anybody, that person's not, just doesn't want to see that it's true. Um, but I genuinely don't believe that there's anything else out there like that. Like I, um, like the, the bad shit that I've done in my life that I'm, that is embarrassing and stuff. I've already talked about in terms of like getting sober. Uh, I've talked about that on my, on my channel, but I don't think that I've really done anything else that I think would really like hurt, um, other people in the same way. So I'm not worried about that happening again just so you guys know. And I don't know if that, like what that means to you guys. Uh, I just, I, I think that if I were in this position, I would be like, okay, is this just like the start of the skeletons in your closet? Like, are you know, is, is this thing like bursting at the seams and like, we're just getting a taste of it? No, I can tell you with a really like high <laughs> measure of confidence that that's it. Um, and I'll just be totally honest with you guys. In fact, I, I think when this whole like auditing thing happened, I talked to one of my internet friends. I'm not going to call them out by name, but you know, I talked to you about this and I was just like, yeah, like, I don't even know what these people are going to like, they're think they're, they're going to spend all this time trying to find like what, it, what I've done in my past. I have, uh, I've like wrapped along to slurs and learned later that I shouldn't have done that. And that might exist out in the world. Um, and so that friend, if it ever comes to the point where, where we have to talk about that, can attest to us having that conversation. And I was just like, that's it. And guess what was found? So the reason I say this is because again, if I, if I were in the audience, I would be like, that was disappointing, but is this the beginning or the end of that? And while I don't think that's the end of my disappointing people, I think that is the end of like scandalous things from my past and I don't see myself doing anything scandalous in the present or future because at least not knowing better, um, which gets all kinds of complicated because I really didn't, I really was not trying to hurt anybody. I didn't think I was, it was, it was stupid of me. I didn't think that I was hurting anybody. And that's, 
the difference. And I know that to some people, they say, you know, we don't want to hear the context. We don't want to hear about your intent. But then the people, I've noticed the those people from the communities that are targeted by these words that I uttered in, the, in this context, they have asked me, can you tell me what was going through your head? Again, for the same reason that I would ask, not not necessarily like, is this the beginning or the end of your scandals? But like, if it were a slur that targeted one of my communities, I would be like, okay, so can you please tell me where your head was? Because I need to assess whether or not you are a danger to me. And that's my right to ask that of you. And so there were some people who identified that way, who asked me, can you please explain to me where where your head was when this happened. And so I think that with those people, then, you know, that you don't have to excuse the behavior, but there's at least a level of understanding that provides comfort for both parties, because we know that that's like the end, the beginning and the end of it. And it's nothing more than that. And whether or not you believe me, that's up to you. That's fine. Whether or not you think I should talk about it, uh, please give me the handbook on how to deal with this situation. But don't, like, I understand, like, this is a very nuanced thing that I just have to move through in my own way. Um, so, whew, um, I kind of ended up going into a bunch of tangents. Um, yeah, dealing with scandals online is, is in the public eye is no joke. And in a way, I have at times been like, you know what? Let's try to find a way to be grateful that this is that this is it, hopefully. Um, but that this is the way that it happened. Just like I had a hate mob last year, and in ways I was like, thankfully it happened in this way, or that I had these people, or that this came of it, or whatever. So that's what I'm hoping is that more of the real me will come out that the people who dislike me will dislike me because of who I am. It's sad to see people like leave my audience because, because they think that those slurs have any sort of reflection on who I am or the way I speak was part of my character. Can I just tell you guys like kind of on a side note, cause I know that one person, and this is all valid stuff for people to think. I, I heard that one of the creators that I really love said initially that like she wasn't all that hurt by it um but then her partner said something along the lines of well it is bad because now that's that's putting those words in her vocabulary or something like that in all trans in all um translation transparency um i didn't watch that that was what somebody told me was said um but that was and that was something that i was like okay i totally understand where that person's coming from when they say that but at the same time no no that doesn't put those words into my vocabulary it, it's nasty to even utter them so in that sense yeah but um i just don't know if this for, for anybody, like you can relate to this and be like, oh, okay, I see how those are not part of your vocabulary. There's another word in that verse. And so many of you, fucking Nelia is going to call me a prude. I know it. There are certain words in there that are not even slurs, but that I can't say. Like I can't bring myself to utter in everyday language. Like there is a P word to mean female genitalia in that verse that I wrapped along to. And I can't say that. Like I just can't say it in my... I can say it, and I'll, here's the thing, I can say it in this context, I can be like, that That person's being a pussy about that. I'm a pussy about saying the word that I just said. 
but I won't say it in that context. So I don't know what that means, if it means anything to anyone, um, but I just have a different experience than, of course, my harshest critics are, um, are going to attribute, rightly so, because they're not me. They don't know what all information to, to judge my true character on. It's the people who know me the best that have a better idea of what that character is and whether or not that aligns with these ideas that those behaviors are some sort of indicator of bad character. And that said, I do think that, and I'm, this is an idea I'm kind of workshopping, but I do think that the measure of your character or the quality of your character, you, you never hear me say people are good or bad, but I can talk about character. And I, I'm playing with this idea that the depth of your character is, it's consistent with how you act in relation to what you know. So that's that's where I think a lot of my criticism is going to come from if, you know, depending on how critical I am of people moving forward, but it's going to be like, did you know better? That's what I really want to know. Like, I think we should call people out and this is all, you know, of course we're in the age of call out, call out culture, but call out things that are bad, of course, but really like measure somebody's character based on whether or not they knew better. And I'm not talking specifically to that situation. I'm just saying in general, that's just kind of an idea I'm playing with. So, oh, I can say that word, say Jack. That's, there are just some words that I can't, that there are some words that just I have a really disgusting reaction to. And those slurs are included. They're very much included in, in the words that just really just make me uncomfortable. Um, that per, oh, thank you, Lauren. Uh, the person's partner said that they don't rap those lyrics because it will be in their vocabulary even when, when they are alone. So they didn't say it specifically at me, but it's still a valid point that thank you for clarifying because then that clarifies that that person was talking about themselves. Um, but it's just one, one little thing that I want to clarify that is like, yeah, I do see where you're coming from, but I don't think that that is some, I don't, I don't think I relate to that person in that same way. Um, but then at the same time, like, how are we interpreting that? It all depends. So, um, That's weird as hell, but you still love me. <laughs> there you go. I don't like it. I'm not the only person who doesn't like it. And with that, I'll leave you with, I know some of you guys are going to be really uncomfortable when I say the word moist. So that's that. I'm hearing the 8 p.m. bells. I'm hungry as hell. Oh, I hate the word panties too. Sometimes Jake and I will say that just to, to laugh. Panties. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a dumb word. I hate it. Um, pantaloons. That's cute. Um, make sure to like the video. Thank you, Jazz, for asking people to like the video. We all hate the word panties. Can we all agree on that? I'm, I'm going to put out with merch. I'm going to put out merch that just says panties on a t-shirt. Like it's got the whole irony layer and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, if you uh, wouldn't mind taking a moment to like the video. We got all kinds of um, emotional here. I want to double check. And um, yep, looks like I got all my super chats. Thank you guys to those of you who donated and shared your thoughts with me. Um, I'm not going to give you a long-winded outro. You guys know how to find me. Um, all of my social medias uh, links are in the description as well as Patreon. 
Um, my Depop is also there, although, um, as I mentioned earlier, that's this is not my dress, so it won't be there. Um, but I will be, um, I do, I, I need to put together just like some fashion boxes. So if that is something that you're interested in, please get in touch with me <laughs> because I need to get rid of some of these clothes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. Thank you guys so much for bringing me back, being real with me, being supportive, just being lovely people. Yeah. I, 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 you guys are just wonderful. Thank you so much. I was an anxious wreck and now I feel better. All right. Um, I've got to work on getting to the, this video, which has to be, by the way, oh, I mentioned Shane and Jeffrey. It's going to happen to be sponsored, but the sponsor segment is not going to be long. It's just, I'm, I racked up sponsors right before the situation where I went away for a couple of weeks. So now I have to, you know, you know how that works, sponsor things. Um, Fashion boxes elaborate. Um, just reach out to me, however you can. On if you're um, on Patreon, like you can DM me, or you can try to reach me on Instagram DMs. But um, I, I, I like I literally for one of my friends back in high school will like throw a shit ton of clothes into a big box for her, and she'll pay me two hundred dollars plus shipping. And or we can do smaller, but. Um, that that is something that we do. I don't want to miss the super chat from Alistair. Um, I know it was your past, but I didn't think you would say that. I think what that's what hurts most. I didn't think you were the kind of person to say that stuff. I hear you, Alistair. I, I don't want this to get like all kinds of like uh, uncomfortable for the chat, that those aren't words that I say. Um, I understand if, if you are uncomfortable with it, even if it's in that capacity. And if you want to talk to like you, you and I DM, so I can, we can talk about it. Um, yeah, just sponsor things. Um, so yeah, check that video out. Hopefully it'll be up Thursday. My As long as my computer works with me. I'm going to be working on that tonight. Say so I love you guys. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye.